I don't know if you've ever had um, a, a season in your life where it was difficult for you to connect with God, um, either in in prayer or in time in His Word. Um, you just even have much of a, a desire to uh, open the Bible or pray. Maybe that was a, a couple of days or a couple of weeks. Maybe it was a couple of years uh, where you felt that way. Maybe that was something that happened a long time ago or is a repeat occurrence, or maybe it's one of those things where you feel that way today. Um, it's not always easy to, to even desire to connect with God on a constant basis, is it? It can be, it can be a challenge. Um, a goofy buddy of mine um, was experiencing that challenge of connecting with God, and he knew that his pastor was going to bust his chops about it. And so my goofy friend renamed his bed the Word, knowing that if in the early morning hours his pastor called him and said, Brother, how are you doing today? That with integrity he could say, Oh, pastor, I'm, I'm in the Word. And then that is kind of like moments where I've felt that way. I've wondered from time to time, how do these people do it who I hear stories and there's some of you even in here that just go, I can't even, I can't even begin my day unless I've spent three hours in prayer starting at 3 a.m. and I pray nonstop all the way through. Who are you people? How do you do that? That's the, the man I desire to be, but that's not the man that, that I necessarily am. And so it's fascinating to me. I, I can't, I think I, I'm justified actually, because if I pray at 3 a.m. here in Arizona, I'm infringing on East Coast people's time with God. And so I got to stay off their turf. It'll blow some fuse that God has. He can't listen to all of us at once. Well, we know that's not true. And we know that, uh, that God has a huge desire, really, to connect with us on a moment-by-moment basis. And, and when we're talking about prayer like we have been for the last couple of weeks, we've been leaning into this idea that prayer equals life, that, that really it should become as, as breathing for us. And the first, the first week, I, I threw up this, this statement that has, has become clear to me uh, personally, and I've seen it in so many other people. Show me someone who knows they're dependent on God for everything. And I'll show you someone who is praying constantly. You show me somebody that is fully aware that they are dependent on God for everything, for, for direction, uh, for their breath, uh, for, for comfort, for hope. You show me someone that is very much aware that there is a God who is alive. There is a God who made them and designed them. There is a God who, who has interest in them and is desiring to use them for a, a part of his plan. And I'll show you someone who is praying constantly. I'll show you someone who is, is talking constantly to this almighty God that has so much for them. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, in the New Living Translation, it puts it this way. Never stop praying. The Bible encourages us to never stop praying. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, what's that even look like to never stop praying? Uh, other translations of this verse say, pray without ceasing. 
I pray continually. What would that look like if you and I never stop praying? First Thessalonians chapter five is it's leaning into a moment where Paul that's writing this letter to the believers in Thessalonica. They were confused and struggling with with um, the understanding that someday Jesus is supposed to come back for his people. And so a great deal of this letter is addressing the reality of what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. But he also declares that, that followers of Jesus are, are sons and daughters of the light. And, and if the reality is that, that Jesus is coming back for us at some point, then we need to live as sons and daughters of the light. We need to live ready. We need to live ready for the moment where Jesus comes back for us. And so the last couple of chapters of this letter, he starts to describe what it should look like for me and you in living ready for Jesus to come back. What it should look like as sons and daughters of the light. And one of the things that he says it should look like, followers of Jesus should never stop praying. That that we would be in constant communication with our God. And if you zoom out just a little bit, the verses around it say this in 16 through 18. It says, always be joyful. 17 says, never stop praying. And then 18 says, be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And and these phrases uh, before and after never stop praying. You've got one here that says, always be joyful. And you've got another phrase right after that says, be thankful in all circumstances. Then they kind of bookend this, this word from God to never stop praying. And these two thoughts, always be joyful and be thankful in all circumstances, I, I think are, are just further expressions of our prayer life. That if, if you never stop praying, then I believe it's going to uh, um, result in you being a more joyful individual. If you're in constant communication with the living God who loves you and has strength and mercy and grace for you, and you're always talking to the source, the author of love, if you're always talking to him, how can that not just make you a more joyful individual? If, if you are never stopping in your prayer life, then I think the second thing is true. You're, you're going to be naturally more thankful for what you're going through. It, it says be thankful um, in all circumstances. It doesn't necessarily say be thankful for all circumstances. There's an awful lot of stuff that we go through that is difficult to thank God for. And yet it is entirely possible for you and I to be thankful in those circumstances. Why? Because we, we know who's God. We, we know what He has for us. And the sense of who He is and what He has for you is really heightened when you're talking to Him constantly. If you never stop praying, and then you're in the midst of a mess of circumstances, but you are talking to God all the time about it, you're praying constantly, I think it helps you in those moments go, okay, I feel this way, God, but would you 
clue me in? Would you clue my heart in? Would you clue my mind in to what's really true about the way I'm feeling? Uh, This is my set of circumstances. I know you can see that, God, but would you dial me in to uh, what you're able to do in the midst of these circumstances? Would you give me your heart and give me your mind? And he will do that when you're talking to him constantly. If you never stop praying, that allows you then to be thankful because you've got a God that cares about you. You've got a God that can help you through. You're not alone in the midst of the circumstances that you're going through. Never stop praying. I think these are expressions of our prayer life too. Always be joyful. I think we can rejoice when we pray. We can be happy when we pray. We can praise God when we pray. Uh, We we can thank God. Uh, Many of our prayers should be marked by thanksgiving. Thank you, God, for. And then just fill in the blank. I've heard the the statement before. um, What if God took away all of the stuff in your life that you never thanked Him for? Ooh. I mean, that's... That's not good because I take a lot. I'm glad he doesn't do that, by the way. I mean, let me make that clear. But that changes the way I go to him in Thanksgiving. It makes me realize how much there is in my life to be thankful for. I mean, even in the middle of rough circumstances, uh, there's so much to thank God for. So I look at this and I just go, oh my goodness, what does this even look like to never stop praying? Oh, I think it means just that. Uh, don't stop praying when, 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 you're, when you're driving, you can pray. Uh, when, when you're sitting here right now, you can pray. And I'd actually invite you to do that right now, just as a little test to prove that you can do at least two things at once. You're in listening mode right now, but I believe that you could also pray right now while you're listening to me. So would you pray uh, the rest of our time this morning? Would you be praying um, for me? Would you be praying for someone that's seated next to you? Would you be praying for someone that may occupy your seat in the next service? You can listen and be praying. You can, you can pray constantly. You can never stop praying. It is possible. You can, you can go to Starbucks and as you get up out of your car to walk into Starbucks, you can pray about that. You can talk to God about, Lord, what, whatever happens in here, um, let, me, let me be sensitive to your leading when I go in to get my coffee. Um, you, can, you can be in the midst of a real deep temptation and you can pray to God, talk to God about it. You can be in a fight with your spouse. I know none of that ever happens in your marriages, but if it does, then pray to God about that. If you're maverick, if, you're, if your parents drive you nuts, talk to God about it. Bottles, if, if maverick drives you nuts, talk to God about it first. And that's how this, this works. You're in this constant state of communication that regardless of what you're going into, you can talk to God at any given moment. You might start writing something that you wanted to write, a poem. You may be a craftsman and you're going to sit down and start to sculpt something or build something. Talk to God about it. When you go around an amazing view here in Prescott 
and you're just, whoa, that is so beautiful. Talk to God about it. Never stop praying. And you may really question, is that actually possible? Because if prayer means that I have to fold my hands and then bow my head and close my eyes and then speak out loud to God. If that's what prayer is, then that doesn't sound possible that I would be able to do this without stopping. And you'd be right. And so the inference here in the phrase, never stop praying, is is that your voice is not essential for prayer. Uh, Your posture whether you are on your knees or you're standing or sitting is not essential to prayer. Um, your, your place that you pray is not essential to prayer. The time of day that you pray is not essential to prayer. I was talking to Jerry this this morning and, and he prayed starting into the 11-ish last night all the way until 2 in the morning. God is up and awake. You're infringing on Chinese people's time with God, but that's okay. He can handle it. All of those things. You can mentally be having this conversation with God all the time. And I love when that takes place in our lives. Because I think in that moment you are, you are connecting dots. You're connecting dots between this specific moment that you are experiencing and God. You're connecting dots between I feel this way. God, what do you have to say about my, what I'm feeling right now. Uh, the, these are the set of my circumstances right now. God, I know you're aware. God, what do you have to say? What do you have to give me with regard to my, my strength, my, my need right now? You're, you're my great, great provider. Did you know that it's God's will for you to pray constantly? Did you catch that? If you put that back up on screen, verse 18 wraps up with the phrase, so always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Anytime you see that phrase, this is God's will for you in the Bible, all your ears, all six of them should should perk up. Your heart should do a backflip. I mean, you should lean in. When you say that, see that phrase, show up in the Bible, this is God's will for you. Wait, what's, what's God's will? Because we're always asking that question. I don't know what God's will is. And this, well, first, His Word is His will. His Word is His will. And, and just to know that you always being joyful and you're never stopping praying and you're giving thanks in your prayer life to God... You, when you do that, you are, you are accomplishing the will of God here on earth. We've been looking at the Lord's Prayer the last couple of weeks when Jesus instructed us on how to pray. And he starts it out with very clear. When, when you pray, remember who it is that you're talking to. Your Father who art in heaven. And then he invites us to, to hallow his name, to treasure his name, to value his name, his being, his kingdom, and what? His will. And we, we ask God, not, not primarily that, that you would implement my will, 
but rather in prayer, we tune into the heart of God to see his will be accomplished on planet earth as it's already done in heaven. That's huge for us. That's huge for me and you to know that that God's plan and God's purposes, his promises, they are going to come true. And when we pray in alignment with God's will, he will bring it to life. He will make it happen. It may not be in the manner or the timing that you think, but God's word is his will. It, it, it terrifies me, the words of scripture that, that say, or Jesus says, so many of you don't have because you don't ask. This has been a challenge to me in my, my own prayer journey. Um, it's a reflection of moments where I have just become uh, independent of God. I, I'm leaning into my own strength or my own understanding or whatever, and I don't even talk to God about stuff anymore. And where I'm at in my journey is just... I, I'm going to talk to God about everything. I'm going to pray boldly and then know that the rest is up to Him. The whole kit and caboodle. I'm going to pray constantly. I'm going to pray without ceasing. I'm going to never stop praying and then trust God with the rest. This is huge for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 calls you and I co-workers with God. Uh, co-laborers with God. When you, when you dive in to the will of God and you begin to, begin, begin to pray that God's will be done, then, then he, God can, can do whatever He needs to do without us. But there's this huge blessing that He has, has called you into a partnership with Him for accomplishing His will here on earth and building His kingdom here on earth. So there's a huge level of importance with, with never stopping praying. But you might go, okay, well, I, okay, I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to never stop praying. But what in the world am I going to talk about? I think I can listen for quite a while, but if I, if I never stop praying, then, oh my goodness, like what, how am, how am I going to have anything to talk about? You look to the scriptures. The Lord's prayer gave us a lot to pray for right off the bat. God, would you teach me what it looks like to value your being, your presence, your nature, your character more than anything else? Would you teach me to seek your kingdom first above all else? Would you, would you show me what it's like to value your will more than my will? You can pray and ask God, please give me what I need today. God, please forgive me for the, the times where I sin, the times where I stumble. God, please, I'm feeling like I could fall into temptation in this next couple of seconds. Deliver me from it by your strength, by your power, by sending somebody else alongside of me. God, please remove this temptation from me or remove me from the temptation. I don't want to fall. There's plenty to pray for. The Bible records so many important, special, powerful moments where people prayed. 
And God was doing amazing things in their midst. And you look at the spectrum of what these amazing individuals were praying. And they weren't amazing because they were different than me and you. Uh, they, they were just amazing because they, they were doing what we're talking about here. They were often people who just never stopped praying. Moses in Exodus 33, he, he prays, God, show me your favor. That's a good prayer. Uh, he prays, God, would you show me your ways? I want to know your ways. In 1 Samuel, Hannah prays heartbroken prayers. Hannah prays honest, uh, gut-wrenching. She is hurt and has a heart's desire that has not come to fruition. And she's broken and she's frustrated. And yet she's praying heartbroken and she's praying honestly. Second Chronicles, Jehoshaphat um, prays uh, for a new name. And that's, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jehoshaphat prays an amazing prayer. It's really, it's really a prayer of, of deliverance. It's a prayer of, of, of guidance. And he closes out his prayer in Second Chronicles, I think it's chapter 20, with a line that says, God, we do not know what to do, but we're looking to you. What a great, what a great thing to pray. God, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I've gone to your word and I can't find it. I'm looking at my circumstances. I'm not quite sure what to do. But rather than looking to myself or rather than looking to other people or rather than looking to our culture or popular opinion, I'm not going to do that. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to look to you. What a great thing to pray. Psalm 139, David prays, I think one of the most amazing prayers, and he, he prays, God, search me. God, search me. Search my heart. Test my thoughts. Try praying that every single day this week and see what happens. God, search me. Test my heart. See if there's any icky gross stuff going on in me and if there is then lead me in the not icky way search me daniel he prays a prayer of confession and not even just for himself but daniel prays confession on behalf of his people Uh, Habakkuk prays a, a prayer of just rejoicing and lifting up magnifying god's name Jonah prays a prayer of recommitment and and thanksgiving from the stomach of a fish. Jesus, in John chapter 17, prays, which, honestly, if that doesn't bust the fuse, Jesus prayed. Okay, if Jesus prayed, then I'm pretty sure I need to. When Jesus prayed, He prayed for the unity of the believers. That we would all be one. And that somehow laying aside our differences and the arguments and the fights and the frustrations and all that. And and unite under the thing that we all have in common. Which is Jesus and His grace and love and salvation for us. That somehow that would be a reflection to a world of just how special and powerful God is. Philippians chapter 1, Paul prays. Paul prays for the well-being and the growth of 
believers. James encouraged us to pray for healing, and we should. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. It is possible. It's a constant communion and dialogue with your Jesus. With a God who cares. With a God who has direction and hope and strength and comfort for you. And just by default, never stop praying means you, you don't stop. And so you pray once for something and then it doesn't get answered right away. It also means don't stop praying. Keep praying for that. Keep praying for that person. Keep praying for that, that healing. Keep praying for that direction. Keep praying for that situation. Never stop praying. Many years ago when I was a, a youth pastor, my first stop at a church, and I was young and stupid and had no clue really what I was getting into. And uh, these kids in the youth group came to me and they said, we feel like we should be praying for our friends. We had a little church of 250 people, 250 adults, but we had um, almost as many high schoolers in the church as there were adults in the church. And these high schoolers were amazing. And they came out and they said, Ron, we, we want to be praying for our, our friends who don't know Jesus. Let's just start praying. And one of them had seen um, the word push. P-U-S-H, and they had heard that it could be an acronym meaning pray until something happens. And they said, what if we just do that? What if we just pray for our friends who don't? Let's just pray until something happens. And I said, that, that's awesome. We should be doing this. So we'd gather before youth group and we would pray and pray. And we kept doing that. About two, three months later, you know what happened? Nothing. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, well, at least nothing that we could see. You know, when you pray, you, you never know what God is sparing people from as you pray because you, you didn't see the failure. You didn't see the stumble. You didn't see the meltdown because maybe God intervened. God stepped in. But we couldn't see anything. We couldn't see what we were praying for was that all of their friends that didn't know Jesus um, would come to faith in Jesus. And we weren't seeing that. And so I kind of got back into the, okay, we've got to plan to worship and we've got to get the program together and we've got to you know, orchestrate the greeters and we've got to do good on the follow-up and let's get that outreach thing going and here we go. And, and then the students again leading the way, God bless their hearts, they came back and said, well, I, when we said like pray until something happens, that's kind of what we meant. We just keep praying until something happens. And I said, oh, yeah, that, that's probably the best idea. And so we continued to pray and pray and pray. And within a couple of weeks of that conversation, God just flooded our place to the point where one high school in a town way smaller than Prescott, 128 high schoolers in the span of about a month and a half got saved. Our, our, our high school group ended up being bigger than the adult congregation of the church. And 
I mean, the super old people that made up the adult pop. I mean, super old, like, like 112, you know, <laughs> they, they were way older than any of you in here. And they, what we didn't know is they had been praying for that same thing. They were praying for that same thing. And so God looked down and he said, of course, this is part of my will. Here we go. A couple months after that, 84 of those 128 got baptized. And suddenly the the students and what Jesus was doing in their midst was reshaping that that whole church. Pray until something happens. Never stop praying. Can you imagine if we ask God to develop that sort of heart and skill set in us, what that's going to look like. Uh, If you're watching online, you're on an iPad or an iPhone or a laptop somewhere and you're sitting there, you just need to know um, that this is the same for you. Never stop praying. Know that we are praying for you. There's a room full of people here that are praying for you right now. And so don't give up. God loves you and He has something for you. Never stop praying. Would you pray with me right now? Let's just uh, spend some time with the Lord. So gracious Heavenly Father, we know that You are God Almighty and You are our Daddy. Would You stir up our hearts and our minds, remind us often... Give us the ability now, if we don't have it already, to never stop praying. To regardless of whether we're we're in good times or bad, or we're alone, or we're at church, or we're away from church, or we're walking, or we're driving, or we're sitting down, whether it's at home, or our workplace, or school, help us always be talking to you. Always be listening to you. Continue to clue us in on what your will is. And then give us the strength to do your will. Accomplish your will on earth. Thank you that we can talk to you. And you invite us to that. You love it when that happens. And we are going to expect the best, God, as we do that individually and as a church. We know that you are able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine through your power that's at work within us. And we'd be quick to give you the praise and the glory, God, as we just increase this journey of our prayer life with you. Heal, encourage, bless, direct, deliver, forgive, however you need to in this moment for our people and your glory's sake, in Jesus' name, amen.